What's up, my fellow haunted homies? Coming up on episode 20, we talk about the Jersey Devil, how to cleanse your house of evil, check in with Chris Whitehouse and the White House investigation team, visit a deadly cursed lake, and much more. So let's go! Do aliens exist and are they among us? Are weird creatures lurking in the darkness? Do evil entities hide in the shadows of your bedroom while you sleep? Join us as we explore all this and more on the Warped Reality Podcast. (laughs) Hey everyone, Ghost Joe here. Welcome to episode 20 of the Warped Reality Podcast. So the first thing we're going to dive into right now is some recent UFO news. So in early September, a very interesting quote was made by Deputy Director of the Navy's Freedom of Information Act office, uh, Gregory Kaysen. In response to a request from the Black Vault, which the Black Vault is this uh, website that started a while back that basically they've been exposing all this UFO stuff and they have some kind of political power, I guess, somehow, but they're able to declassify certain things or at least to bring declassified information out so we could actually find out what the hell is going on up there. There was a request from the Black Vault to release all UFO and UAP footage that the Navy had had. Mind you, this request was made over two years ago. Uh, Mr. Kaysen's response was this. The release of this information will harm national security as it may provide adversaries valuable information regarding Department of Defense Navy operations vulnerabilities and or capabilities. So there is more footage, like the three videos that were released two years ago. If you've forgotten what they were, I'll put a link in the show notes so it could remind you of what happened uh, in those videos. They're extremely, I mean, those videos are absolutely amazing. Um, So Kaysen said the only reason why they publicly released those videos was because they were leaked already. In May 2022, the Department of Defense held its first public hearing about UFOs since the 1960s. I don't know, guys, but I feel like we're getting closer and closer to knowing the truth about everything. Just remember this, and you've heard it from me, well, I guess the second time. If they come out and there's a book that says to serve man, remember, it's a cookbook. So right now, everybody, this is actually a very special moment for me, and I am so stoked to introduce the new Horrible Reviews host, Edgegrave Dave. I've known him for a long time, and it's about time he's joining our team for a segment, but you may recognize his voice, and he'll let you know from where. Dave and I have known each other for so long. He's been my longest best friend, uh, except for the second grade. He didn't like me. He'll... he'll Maybe he'll talk to you about that one day. Um, But the fifth grade and on, we've been best friends and partners in crime for a million different things. And I know you're going to love his segments. He has seen so many horror movies from the blockbusters to the B, C and D rated ones. I know he'll give you guys great reviews on all things horror. So take it away, Edgegrave. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Edgegrave Dave, and I'm pretty freaking stoked to join my longtime partner in crime. Though he's a corrections officer now, there won't be any crime. In this new segment of the Warp Reality Podcast, you may recognize my voice as the intro to both seasons one and two of the show, but what you may not know is Ghost Joe and I actually go back to the golden years of horror, or as some of you might affectionately call it, the 80s. 
We were longtime friends back in elementary school and had some of the most interesting and funny conversations without even trying for all throughout the last 30 years. Man, I feel old saying that. <laughs> but we also started the Warp Reality Band of the same name, encompassing styles such as metal, alternative, and whatever table rock is. Yes, somebody actually tried to manage us once and said, let's invent table rock. <laughs> Blows my mind saying that even to this day. So I am going to be giving horrific reviews and give a light overview of horror movies and stories you may find interesting, maybe even inspiring. Joe and I also have had countless nights just discovering some classics back in the day as well. But the movie I am going to discuss may not be a classic right now, but it certainly would not surprise me if it didn't become one in the coming years. This movie is called Her Name Was Krista. It came out in 2020, during the pandemic actually, and it was both written, directed, in his directorial debut and starring James L. Edwards also starring Sheehan Day in her acting debut with Drew Fortier, the guitarist from David Ellefson of former Megadeth fame, the band Lucid, and Rick Germain. Now, there may be some spoilers. I am going to give you this grave warning. There may be spoilers. So there you have it. You've been forewarned. There may be spoilers. I was scrolling through my Prime streaming channels and I discovered this 2020 masterpiece on a late Sunday night. And of course I figured, well, what better way to start the next Monday morning than by possibly scaring the shit out of myself the night before. But what I discovered was a very different kind of horror film. The kind that sort of sneaks up on you with that aha moment somewhere in the third act of the film. The main character, Steven, is a very relatable character. He's an average call center employee who's in his late 40s and has been very alone for quite some time. After a discussion with a new co-worker, he later discovers what's called the girlfriend experience, which, if you think pretty woman, you'll get the idea. He makes an arrangement with a prostitute to do all things that a romantic couple would normally do that you'd come to expect, except, you may have guessed it, have sex. This movie, kids, goes from zero to literally gone in 60 seconds, really fast. You really identify and root for, as well as sympathize, with the main character until the bum 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 necrophilia element is discovered later in the movie. Uh, what's that? Should I hit the rewind button on the podcast? Uh, there ain't no going back now, kids. The acting, the mood, the pure emotion of the characters really drive this home. I mean, there are moments that, believe it or not, you almost want to grab a tissue right out of that box there. Then there's other moments that you're kind of biting your fingernails saying, uh, what exactly am I watching? But the way that the dialogue in so much of the movie is so plainly spoken, I mean, it's relatable to everyday life. And it really does a phenomenal job of drawing in many of those feelings that we've all felt before. That feeling of getting older, feeling helpless, the maybe I don't look the same way that I used to, even true love. I've been bitten by the bug. Maybe there's something that's going on inside that I haven't realized up until now, and the world is changing around me, and I've got to do something with my life. But once the horror reveals itself, 
you're instantly faced with. Better hang on tight because once you see it, it's <gasps> no. This movie, guys, stayed with me for a little while. It's one of those I need to see it again from the beginning kind of films. And it really does make you think, is crazy or desperate the main character's fault? And with all that's going on, I mean, I, I just give so much respect to James L. Edwards for wearing so many hats during this movie. Directing, producing, writing the story. I mean, he really created this whole world. And Sheehan Day really had an excellent debut performance. And the two characters just gelled beautifully. I, I mean, there is definitely a kind of love uh, story element to this. And she blew everybody away in the audition and spent a lot of time with him beforehand. I did want to end this with James is also well known for the classic 1997 movie Bloodletting, as well as 1996's Polymorph, which I've heard great things about and have yet to see. I'll definitely have to check that out as well. And the next movie that he did direct after this and play some part in is called Brimstone Incorporated. Another movie that is definitely worth a watch. It's a horror anthology, and it also has a lot of the, of the same actors, too, as well. So, pretty cool. You should definitely check that out. I give this movie four out of five graves and hope that it entertains and makes you think. Now, back to you, Ghost Joe. Thank you so much, Ed Grave, for that awesome, awesome review on the movie. Again, the name is Her Name Was Krista. So check it out if you think you would like it or don't, you know, whatever. Don't, you know, don't listen to us. It's, it's, it's all good. I mean, I guess we're kind of used to it. Uh, so right now I am going to do a segment that you all know called I read it on Reddit. And this one is from depressed underscore addict. Something very bad is happening to me. Help! I have been trying to contact my grandmother who passed away about five years ago. I had been asking for her signs, like seeing a white bunny, but nothing happened. I started using her pendant necklace that she always wore and asking it questions. I would hold it up with my right hand and it give me a yes or no answer. Yes was a large circle. No was swinging straight back and forth. When I asked her not to move it, it would not move at all. But it answered my questions with yes or no answers. Now I realized I had opened a gateway and I haven't been talking to my grandmother at all. I just started using the necklace five days ago and things are happening in my house. The necklace moved by itself from one place to another place multiple times. I have a dark bruise on my wrist that just appeared out of nowhere. My husband has just started having nightmares about a shadow figure in our room. He has been having unusual headaches over the past couple of days. I went to a medium that I have seen before and she told me that it is a level 3 demonic attachment slash infestation. She knew about the nightmares, the headaches, and the issues between me and my husband. She told me things that have happened in the past few days that nobody knows. She said that things will only get much worse. She wants me to do a cleansing, but it's $3,500 and I can't afford that. She gave me a candle for protection, but she said it will only last for two weeks. I guess her rent must be due. Please 
If anyone has any advice at all, I will take it. This is not a joke. It is very, very urgent. So those of you that know me know that I do not take well to these so-called psychics and mediums. Now, I do believe that there are some real ones out there, uh, but I also believe that they will not charge $3,500 to get rid of a demon or a bad entity out of your house. You could do so also by going to your local church or whatever faith that you are and having someone from your faith come over and bless the house as well. Uh, but I, because of this Reddit, and I don't like people getting scammed, I've done some research and put together a few things to do to attempt to cleanse your house of evil or negative entities. Uh, if for some reason you are still having issues, please contact a professional to do more extensive actions. Of course, there are different rituals for this process with different faiths, but I tried to find the most common steps. So the sources that I have used for this little step thing that I did, uh, I'll have the links in the show notes so you guys can check it out for yourself. So number one to do is to burn sage. Uh, make sure all windows and doors are open so these demons or evil entities can get out. Then light the sage and let it burn for 30 seconds before blowing it out. Allow it to smoke and wave the smoke around all of the rooms, especially in the corners of the rooms. They like to hide out in the corners. You can also add a few drops of white sage oil and mix it in with the spray bottle with water to mist the rooms. If, you know, you can't have smoke and stuff like that, you could also mist it with, you know, a little spray bottle. So... The next step is to say a prayer of your faith. If you believe in the Bible, Psalm 23 is a popular prayer to bring positive energy into the household or simply chanting your own prayer and telling the evil to get out of your house and that they are not welcome. Uh, banging pots and pans while reciting a mantra or prayer is also another step that you could do. Uh, sprinkling holy water around the rooms, especially getting the corners and windows uh, is a Catholic or a Christian way of doing it as well. Some say to put rock salt at each corner of the outside of the house for protection as well. Stand in the room to be cleared, ground yourself, and from your heart, not your head, declare, I destroy and uncreate, clear, delete, and erase all negative, detrimental, toxic, or evil energy existing in any form in this room now. And do that in every room. Repeat the process in each room. And at the end, imagine the light of the universe filling the space. Some, of, some other rituals include crystals, especially selenite, which is a mineral that, that absorbs negative energy. Again, if you feel that this is too difficult for you to remove, please consult with a clergyman of your faith to help you. So the next thing I'm going to talk about was actually brought to me by my cousin, Amanda, who is also a listener of the podcast, uh, her and her husband, Bill, paranormal enthusiasts as well. So they, uh, they gave me this legend to talk to you guys about, and here I am doing it. So this one is about Lake Ronkonkoma. All the way out there in Suffolk County, Long Island, New York, there is a lake that you may not want to swim in, especially if you're a male. You see... In the mid-1600s, a beautiful Indian princess named, you guessed it, Princess Ronkonkoma, fell in love with 
an English woodcutter named Hugh Birdsall. The princess's father, chief of the Sotoket tribe, forbade the relationship. But every day for seven years, Ronkonkoma would write letters on a piece of bark, row to the middle of the lake, and float the letters across the lake to Hugh, which is where he resided. Now, there are a few variations to this story, one of which is that after so many years of not being with her love, she rode to the middle of the lake and stabbed herself to death. The other is that she drowned herself in the lake due to the same reason. The legend goes that every year she claims a young man's life, whether it's to avenge Birdsall's death or to find a new love. No one really knows. Here's the crazy part. There have been many drownings in this lake, most of which were young men. There were at least 160 drownings from the mid to late 1800s and the 1970s, and many more after. Also, only three of those 160 were women. The lake is 10 feet deep at its edges and goes as deep as 90 feet at its deepest, with some portions that have unexpected cliffs that are 40 feet deep. Lake Ronkonkoma noticeably rises and falls every seven years, and that can supposedly be explained by the tale as well. Swimming is off limits in the lake now due to algae, but screw it. Grab your bathing suits and let's go for a dip. If you have a strange experience from Lake Ronkonkoma or a paranormal experience for that matter, any paranormal experience, I want to hear about it. Call 845-600-0744 and leave me a voicemail or you could email me at ghostjoeny at gmail.com. So right now we're going to check in with Chris Whitehouse and the Whitehouse investigation team and they're going to talk to us a little bit about Ouija boards. So let's go. Hello, this time I want to talk to you about Ouija boards. As I've said before, we've used them since day one. And I know a lot of press have said, you shouldn't ever do one, uh, it's really dangerous. I have never found any evidence myself to back that up. It seems to me, as I've spoke of before, that's the mental point of view of the person involved. Nothing on a Ouija board has ever freaked me out. And I've had horrible things said and frightening things said, and I've just shrugged it off. I've, you know, I've challenged it. Well, if you're going to do something, do something. And they never have. Empty threats is what I would say. Now, maybe I'm stronger mentally than some. I don't know. But if I had to put down evidence of what we've done, I could not say that a Ouija board was dangerous. However, I understand it can be used wrong. It's all about control, and that's something we're very good at. We're not the type of group to ask questions such as, are you going to kill us? You know, which one of us do you hate? You're in control of the questions. So don't ask scary questions unless you have the confidence to, to take the answer. And I think a lot of people messing about with a Ouija board, that will be the kind of thing that they push for and then freak themselves out and then blame the board for being evil when they've just given spirits the opportunity to wind them up. So, back to basics. Using a Ouija board, we start with protection. We put forward our respect and say, I invite you to be respectful back. Please come forward. You know, let us talk to you. Quite often, 
you get multiple spirits fighting over the board and you can tell by the glass movements that there's smooth, soft energies, dancing energies, fast, violent energies, and you need them to basically form a queue. I always say the strongest one to the board first, and then as that one fades, it goes to the back of the queue, because it tires out, and then the second character comes along. Um, and I put on my board, new spirit joined, so I know that they can hit that reset button, and I, I can see that a spirit has changed. And a very important factor is to take what comes through the board with a very big pinch of salt. I've had Lucifer come through. I've had Zozo come through many times. I roll my eyes and I get them to prove it and they can't. And then behind that, it's just some, yeah, I was 16 year old lad who died in a car crash. And the worse it is, the more ridiculous it turns out to be. And because I haven't run away, I find the truth, or what is supposedly the truth. But in general, we just meet lovely spirits. Had some great conversations, and some really do give away the secrets of the afterlife, and others, for some reason, are garbled and disjointed. I've even caught ghosts out by tricking them with questions, finding out that they're just talking nonsense. So it really is a questionable way of communication, but it's the most enjoyable from from my point of view. So have a system, put your respect out forward, up up front, um, communicate with respect, don't dwell on asking them how they died and all about death, ask about how they lived and their children and families and hopes and dreams. Ask them their favourite music and play that back to them and see see the glass dance about the board. You can get so much from a Ouija board if you're in control, and that is the most important factor, I suppose, being in control. And I also have made that many Ouija boards that I thought, at what point does the, the empty piece of wood and a pen put in the magical doorway? I don't think... A Ouija board is the portal, if there is one at all, is the doorway. I think that's just an item that, again, our minds create it. I do believe a doorway opens up, but I don't think it's actually the material board or the planchette. I think it's our minds. I think we could probably open that doorway without a Ouija board. If we all held hands in a seance and pictured opening a doorway, I think that would work. So the Ouija board gets a lot of bad rep. However, a lot of damage could be done, psychological damage that you do to yourself. And in that instance, it's only you to blame, really. Well, that's all my opinion. Uh, We'll see what other topics we can talk about next time. And meanwhile, it's back to Ghost Joe. Thank you so much, Chris, for your awesome segment. Again, guys, if you like Chris Whitehouse and his investigation team and all of his content, All of their social media links will be in the show notes. Uh, Definitely check out their YouTube channel. It's awesome. They have great content there. You're going to love it. So please check it out. So right now we're going to talk about one of the most famous cryptids of all time, the Jersey Devil. Getting his name from the hockey team. Wait, actually, no, the, the hockey team got its name from this handsome fellow. So he is most commonly seen in South New Jersey and Philadelphia, 
possibly inhabiting the forest of the Pine Barrens in South Jersey. He is also known as the Leeds Devil. This is due to the lore surrounding him. You see, back in good old 1735, Jane Leeds, also known as Mother Leeds, had found out that she was expecting child number 13. Due to her husband being a lazy drunk and not being much of a good provider, she was extremely angered and distraught. I guess 12 was okay, but 13, that's, that's where she draws the line. When she had become aware of her pregnancy, Mother Leeds placed a curse upon the baby by saying, May this child be the devil. So little Jers, that's what they called him. No, no, it isn't. Was born a normal child on a dark stormy night, then quickly changed to a creature with hooves, a goat's head, bat wings, and a forked tail. One night, he was he started growling and beating the other 12 children with his tail. Then he flew up the chimney and headed to the Pine Barrens. There have been many sightings of this creature. Commodore Stephen Decatur spotted a flying creature and fired a cannonball at it with no effect. Joseph Bonaparte, the older brother of Napoleon, also claims to have seen it. The Jersey Devil has been blamed for livestock being killed, which was the reason given in 1840 and 1841. Between the weeks of January 16th to the 23rd in 1909, there were hundreds of sightings of him, claiming that he even attacked a trolley car. One of the most recent publicized sightings was that of David Black of Little Egg Harbor. He claims that as he was driving past a golf course, he noticed a large creature running through the trees, then it spread its leathery wings and flew off over the golf course. He was able to snap a picture of it and claims it's not doctored at all, that this thing is real. I'll post a pic in the show notes so you can judge for yourself. Have you seen the Jersey Devil or any other cryptid? Let me know. You know the number. It's uh, 845-600-0744, just in case you forgot. And now it's time for the final segment. This one is called Haunted eBay. So the first item is the Wendy's Heart-Shaped Nugget Ultra Rare. The starting bid is $100, and it's free shipping from St. Petersburg, Florida. Caught in the wild, April 13th, 2022, from a Wendy's in St. Petersburg, Florida, perfectly preserved in a Ziploc bag in my freezer. Warning, this nugget also seems to be cursed or haunted. Ever since the nugget was placed in my freezer, I've had terrifying dreams about a woman dying over a man who didn't love her. There's also been, on multiple occasions, a woman's voice that comes from the kitchen, like she's talking right in your ear when you walk by the area. Shadows have now started to appear throughout the house. Just a couple of days ago, out of the corner of my eye, I saw a shadow walk past the hallway opening. Our pug now randomly barks at this hallway and won't walk through it. We have to carry her, and she freaks out when we do go in the hallway to our bedroom. We've lived at our house for a few years now, and this activity never happened until a day after the nugget went into the freezer. What started as a joke item has now turned into something that is making its presence known and is beginning to have an effect on my family. This nugget should only go to someone who can handle the paranormal consequences owning it. Wow, that's a, that's a crazy nugget, huh? I mean... It's it's also, it's $100. You know, I could easily just go to Wendy's and get, like, four nuggets for a dollar. 
It might be even cheaper now. But uh, yeah, on to the next item. Cursed Mickey Mouse Folk Art Cane. And the starting bid is $66.66. That's uh, that's, uh, some number. The shipping is also $6.66. And it's coming from Lansing, Michigan. Somebody has a sense of humor, I guess. This cursed masterpiece comes from the backwoods of Michigan. Made from a very solid wood and imbued with the souls of dead children. This cane is guaranteed to give you and any nearby grandchildren nightmares. That being said, since coming into ownership of this cane, I've had wonderful luck. So despite the ghoulish appearance, the lost souls grant good energy. If you believe that sort of thing. My mom doubted this and held on to it for a few weeks and experienced nothing but bad luck. Buyer beware. Now guys, let me tell you something. So... I do believe in a lot of things. I believe that there's curses and, you know, witches could do spells. I do believe in that stuff, right? But you also have to think logically on certain things, too. If somebody says they put a curse on you and three weeks go by and you get into a car accident or get a flat tire, that might not be due to that curse. It just might have happened. Not everything has to be attributed to something like that. Uh, but yeah, anyway, on to the next item. Haunted doll figurine. Albert, creepy, dislikes women, neutral a bit, and he's negative. He is going for $25 with $14.75 shipping, located in Wheat Ridge, Colorado. This is Albert. I found him about two years ago in a mutual friend's barn, so there are some minor damages on him. The mutual friend I got him from didn't know why he was in her barn or when he got there, but she assumed it was from the previous barn owner. Albert is about 13 inches tall, including the platform he is standing on. He is made from wooden material, and his details appeared to all be carved out of wood. Albert has been sitting on my bookshelf since I found him. I will go to clean the shelves and notice that he's changed positions or switched shelves, although these could have been instances where other people moved him i've asked everyone about it and they said they hadn't touched him i've also heard guests say he seems really creepy and has negative vibes or energy which i've also felt i have attempted to communicate with albert using dowsing rods which have appeared to be effective for communication when he's open to talking he's communicated with me that he felt angry that he used to be in the medical field and that his wife died before he did I've also used the ghost communication app, Necrophonic, which where he said phrases such as get out, why am I here, and stop when my friend was singing. Must have been a bad singer. I've also noticed his eyes move back and forth one time when I was attempting communication. That's pretty crazy. I want Albert to go to a good home that will appreciate his creepy nature and attempt to really get to know him and his history. I hope that you continue to try communicating with him. So that's going to do it for me tonight, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, I'd appreciate it if you left me a review on Apple Podcasts and spread the word about my humble little podcast to your family and friends. Thank you to Chris Whitehouse of the White House Investigation Team and to our new Horrible Reviews host, Edgegrave Dave. All the links of content will be in the show notes. On the next episode, we will talk more cryptids, more UFO stuff, as well as more of your favorite segments. So tune in next time on October 15th for more Warp Reality Podcast. Later, Gators! 
Thank you for listening to the Wealth Reality Podcast. And thank you to all my guests and contributors that helped make this show possible. For more episodes, guest info, social media links, merch, and more, please check out WealthRealityPodcast.com. If you have a paranormal experience you would like to share, questions, comments, or you'd like to be a guest on the show, please leave me a voicemail at 845-600-0744, or you can email me at ghostjoeny at gmail.com. You can do so anonymously if you'd like. Also, I'd greatly appreciate it if you could leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or WolfRealityPodcast.com. Have a great night, everyone, and don't forget to change your shorts.